Gentlemen, start your engine. Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotman. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the uh, um, technical goodies. Radio Hotman. Hot, 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 hot. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. We've got a sneaky little wedgie episode this afternoon coming in from the Fogwar, Le Fogwar, in sweaty Singapore on the morning of the F1 race. Could be a championship decider, don't know, but it's it's getting a lot of press. Folks, are you there, mate? Hey, Hardy. Now, you've dragged me up from poolside. I was downstairs, languishing by the pool. Oh, no, actually... Languishing? <laughs> so this better be good. You mean lounging, not languishing. Languishing is moving down the scale of health. And were you thinking of Goldfinger while you were by the pool? Not a lot, but thanks for the uh, encouraging analogy. Oh, oh. <laughs> who might that be? It was a folksy. It was a folksy person. Or just the wrong number. <laughs> a folks impersonator. Uh, they're, ah. they're all over the place. Anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's the afternoon before the evening when uh, the Singapore Grand Prix blasts off around the Marina Bay circuit under lights. A spectacular view, whether you're on the ground or high above it in the uh, the Singapore um, wheel, the London Eye-like uh, Ferris wheel thing. And uh, if you're lucky enough to be up in a helicopter or um, an airship or something, um, it looks absolutely spectacular at night. And I think the racing's going to be pretty spectacular. Maybe not for Mark Webber, though. Um, he had a tough one in qualifying. Disappointed with himself, I'm sure. And uh, he looked a bit disheartened last night after qualifying. But, um, you know, only fifth. It's going to be hard work because... Uh, Clearly, Fernando Alonso is on fire, as is Ferrari, and they're going to make a charge for the championship. Hamilton's up there. Vettel, not as fast as he should have been. A teeny, tiny, weeny mistake in his qualifying lap just cost him a chance at pole of the front row. And then we've got Jensen Button in there as well, so a um, bit of traffic ahead of uh, Mr Webber. It does look like it's going to be, uh, be pretty good. I don't think... Um... Uh, Mark's qualified as well as he'd like to be. I mean, well, who would want to qualify sixth on a street circuit? But uh, there seems to be a bit of a confuffle going on there about the change in the curbs. What do you know about that, mate? There is some... There has been some discussion and um, some of the new curbing, particularly on one of the tighter chicanes. Um, the drivers aren't happy about it. Um, you know, if you just skirt through them, uh, it's fine, but if you get it wrong and belt over the top of them. They're car breakers. In fact, um, I think Adrian Sutil in one of the Force Indias on um, Friday um, pretty much broke the left front of his car by going too hard over there. So, yeah, there is some discussion and some dissent, but it is what it is, so they're going to have to uh, drive accordingly, as usual. Like, we all have to drive according to the conditions. Mate, what's the, uh, what's the luxurious media centre like there up at uh, in Singapore for, you know, you F1 accredited journo specialists? It's comfortable, it's spacious, it's 
well equipped, um, has a nice little uh, cafe annex. They feed us sandwiches and drinks and coffee and other goodies, ice cream. Um, so yeah, no, the media are well looked after and you've got a good view of the, the pit lane. But I mean, it, it is a spectacular sight. I can't impress upon you and the viewers too much just how spectacular it is at night when the lights are ablaze. Um, the colours are so vivid and, you know, any motor racing is great under lights at night time, but it's just so spectacular here. You know, it's not one of the all-time great tracks, but boy, it's a tough one and it's going to be a tough race. There's going to be incidents, you know, almost certainly safety cars. So, you know, maybe Weber just lying back there, um, you know, lurking, maybe in a good position because it, uh, it could get exciting up the front, but it's normally eventful, mind you, for Weber, just finishing the race will be um, a step forward because the last two, the first two, as it were, Singapore Grand Prix hasn't finished. In fact, I think it was the first one. He had a bizarre um, outage in that his car was knocked out allegedly because there's an underground rail line under a certain part of the circuit and um, the interference from the electricity from that underground rail uh, it, you know basically fried some of the electronics in the car that that's that was the story at the time it sounds unlikely but you know boy if you've got to come up with an excuse for uh, not finishing a race that's a pretty good one oh absolutely folks for sure you know um around the world Formula One goes to very many, many different environments. I suppose what the viewers don't really get to see is what support categories do each, does each nation provide? What's going on in Singapore? Bugger all. It's, it's pretty low. Um, what, uh, Teddy Yip and the Mustang, is it? No, no, nothing so exciting. Um, well, the career, you know, the Asian branch of the Carrera Cup is on and... Um, Craig Baird, Baird-O's the, the man to beat over here in that, which might tell you something. And Christian um, Jones is and there's, some other, there's a couple of other low categories, but um, that's going to change maybe as soon as next year because, you know, what a coincidence. Who should be here attending the Singapore Grand Prix? But V8 Supremo Tony Cochran, his lieutenant Martin Whitaker, and uh, another senior V8 official, Shane Howard, who runs V8 supercar events. Now, the cynic in me would say, well, they're not just here because they're Formula One fans. There's obviously something afoot. Well, of course, there is something afoot. We've already talked about that in a previous episode. You know, the V8 supercar mob are negotiating with the Singapore Grand Prix organisers to become the main support category, um, probably from next year. So they would be the afternoon entertainment, um, giving some proper laying on some proper track action during the day in the preliminaries towards the nighttime Formula One action. And uh, that deal, if it hasn't been done, I reckon it will be done this weekend. But uh, Coco Witz and um, Shane Howard are here having negotiations with the organisers, various officials, and no doubt they'll be talking to the, the big little man himself, Bernie Eccleston, about it. Oh, I thought that was you. <laughs> Well, you're the little big man. No, I'm the little big man, yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah right, OK. Well, I mean, look, you know, it, it's, good to, it's good that you're there. They'll see that you're like an industry luminary travelling around the world, like having talking to Helio Castroneves and Fittipaldi and all these people that you, you go away for your US trip and then you, you get all these little nuggets of interviews and you tuck them away in your filing cabinet and then you bring them out and populate AA 
every second week with a, a bit of loveliness. And I mean, it's just great. They will realise that you are worthy of a seat in the media van for next oh, well, year. I, I, I hope so. I hope so. And as long as they keep leaving a spot for me, I'll be happy. I, hey, I don't squirrel these interviews away, you know. There's not in some sort of time capsule. I actually did speak to Emerson Fittipaldi in Melbourne at Fisherman's Bend, in fact. That wasn't something I just hived away. Well. And today, it'll be interesting that I'm interviewing Tony Fernandez, who's the, the boss, the owner of uh, Lotus Racing, which from next year will become Team Lotus because he's bought the rights to the old Formula One team's name. And he's an interesting character, Malaysian. He's, um, well, he's the, he owns and, well, he owns the majority shares in Air Asia. Which I notice is going to GP2. Yeah, well, that's all getting uh, grubby and messy there in terms of the relationship between Lotus Racing and Group Lotus, the car maker, which is actually a subsidiary of Proton, um, the uh, lowbrow Malaysian car maker. And it turns out that, you know, all of Lotus made... Well, it was suggested early in the year when Lotus came back that their deal with Group Lotus included, you know, a direct involvement with the Lotus Cars Company. In fact, it turns out that Lotus Racing was only leasing or renting the Lotus brand from Group Lotus, who've had nothing else to do with it. And in fact, now Lotus are flying off in all sorts of different directions, Group Lotus, that is, um, setting up race teams all over the place. They're setting up a GP2 team with, with Art, which is run by and owned by Nicholas Todd, John Todd's son, John Todd being the president of the FIA and the former boss of the Ferrari team. And Lotus, every time you look up, they're running some new race program. You know, they're going to get into um, GT2, apparently, and then ultimately LMP1. They've got this um, sponsorship of the KV Racing IndyCar team in the United States, you know, running the Lotus branding over there. You know, I, I'm not sure what they're up to for what is a small company that makes, you know, basically one car in several different iterations. Well, let's rewind a moment there, folks. How did Lotus come to be Malaysian-owned? Well, it's a team that was set up... Um, no, the brand itself. A, a Formula brand. 3 team, um, I think, in Europe, called Lightspeed, who were trying to get an entry into Formula 1 as one of the new teams, and they... They did a deal with David Hunt, the brother of the late James Hunt, who that, acquired the Team that, Lotus brand back in 1994 when Team Lotus collapsed, run into to the ground by an expat Aussie called Peter Collins. Um, so they joined forces, and as I said, you know, they tried to get Lotus involved by leasing the use of the name, but as it's now transpired, you know, Lotus actually has nothing to do with it, so... Um, you know, Team Lotus, as the team will become next year, will still be entirely independent from Group Lotus. Now, that sort of mirrors history a bit in one sense, in that Colin Chapman back in the 60s, you know, he split his operations up into different country, companies. So, in fact, Group Lotus, or Lotus Cars, was a separate corporate entity from Team Lotus. But, of course, back then, you know, the, the two were, you know, were inextricably linked, they had a symbiotic relationship and one fed off the other, it was just, you know, shuffling money around. But, you know, so when Team Lotus pops back up on the grid next year, you know, it, it won't have any link to Lotus cars apart from, you know, a sentimental one. That's, that's going to be it. 
Should be a good uh, good race tonight. I think it's on at nine o'clock uh, Eastern States for the pre-race show, uh, nine fifty. Green light. So be looking forward to that. Down here at the World Headquarters uh, this weekend uh, for a few days. Although I haven't had much of a relax, um, working my butt off. I'm flying back to Sydney this evening and uh, watch it watch it up there. So, mate, uh, I hope you have a great time. But before you go. Uh, What's been going on in the dining area? Have you had anything interesting on your plate? Like perhaps a prawn weighing half a kilo? Sadly, I haven't. I haven't had time. You know, you, you run a different schedule over here and I've been busy um, working during the day, just finishing off the book um, I'm writing with Craig Lowndes. That's uh, got to be all put to bed by... Monday, so I've been furiously doing that. So no, it's been just cafeting down the road from where I'm staying um, and eating sandwiches, tuna, California tuna sandwiches, <laughs> make of that what you will, in the media centre. So no, it's been a bit sad on the uh, gourmet dining front, I'm afraid, and um, little, little alcohol has passed my lips. Quite tragic, really. But on a positive note, you haven't had to put your hand in your pocket once. That is unfair and untrue. <laughs> I, I, I did. I put my hand in my pocket because there was some lint in there and I had to get rid of it. <laughs> fluff. I had some fluff in my pocket. Yeah, we all do, don't we? Um, folks, I have to say that uh, you and I have just um, had that. Uh, well, I've experienced FaceTime on um, iPhone 4 for the first time and it was actually pretty damn good. It is great. It's a real innovation. I've used it once before with a friend of mine in the UK, and you know, if you've got a good Wi-Fi signal, it, it works like a dream. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's better than you know. I mean, you like me probably never ever even thought of using 3G. You know, the video capability when 3G phones came in that was touted as the you know the the new big thing. Never once did I do a video call on on 3G, but this FaceTime thing is, um, it's, you know, it's really useful. I think it's very, very clever. Well, I think the fact that they can maintain the bandwidth over the Wi-Fi network is really why it works real, it works well. Anyway, now that you're off your FaceTime, um, mate, all I can do is wish you a lovely weekend there and, um, and mate, try and have a little sneaky something or other interesting in the dining department before you come back so you can bring it up on, you know, episode 163, this being 162A. Four. I don't know. <laughs> I what about that. what about one sixty three H? Yeah, I knew, I knew that. H I A three Hayek. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> good All evening, right. viewers. Well, and go and get a good, you have a good trip back to Sydney. We'll catch up with you at uh, at Bathurst. And uh, viewers, keep your fingers crossed. Mark Webber. Fifth on the grid. If he stays there and finishes fifth, and if Alonso wins, well, they'll be joint leaders of the world championship. So uh, our man Mark will still be in it. But um, fingers crossed that he can do better and uh, take this thing all the way to the finish. And uh, 30 years after Alan Jones won his world championship, Mark Webber might be the next, the third Australian Formula One champion, let's hope. Yeah, that absolutely, uh, folks. I think uh, everybody in Australia who's got even a, a sniff of what's going on is, is very much focused on that, you know. At least they, they can't run into overtime, so, um, you know, I know you missed it yesterday, but at least you'll be back in Melbourne for another AFL, AFL Grand Prix next weekend. Well, I didn't miss it, actually. I 
what's the last quarter because it's shown on um, uh, what is it? It's the Australia TV channel that's broadcast throughout Asia and takes all the best of Australian television. So I was able to watch it live, and it was um, you know, I'm cool. not a big footy fan, but boy, what an exciting game and gut wrenching at the end. Well, I, you know, I went, went, was invited to a barbecue that is held once a year. Um, specifically for this event, and, and I do go to it, it's about the only AFL I watch during the year, and I thought, oh, I'm loving this game, you know, because it's going to end up with huge high-fiving and then total depression on the other side. But no, it was just bewilderment central. Yeah, no, it was... Um, ah, you've done a scaphy. You've done a scaphy, you've done a yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. I'm, uh, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult one. You know, everyone loves to hate Collingwood, but and St Kilda's the emotional favourite because they've only ever won one premiership before back in 1966. So, um, you know, let's hope the Saints can get up. Uh, it was a hell of a fight back by them, but just, you know, not quite good enough. Alright, viewers. I've got to go off to work at the uh, Singapore Grand Prix. You've got to go back to Sin City, so. I'd like to. I'll I'd like you to. And the viewers, <laughs> a fond good afternoon or good evening. Yeah, well, thank you. And, and I'm glad you enjoyed a flight on Tiger Airlines, the one that wasn't cancelled. You've been listening to Fogwa and Hardy on episode 162A, the new in flight entertainment for Tiger Airways. Sell that to Tony Fernandez. Good night. Good. Well, again, well, I'll never do that. <laughs> See you, mate. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Good night, everyone.